the most delightfully fascinating character in the realms of mystery, Charlie Chan. Charlie Chan, when he went to Pine View to help Dudley Ward locate a son the millionaire thought had been born to Landini after she left him, did not expect to be involved in a murder mystery. But Landini has been murdered, and suspicion is equally directed toward Ryder, Ward, Dr. Swan, and Romano, all at various times married to Landini. Leslie Beaton and her brother are also under suspicion because of Leslie's hatred for the woman she believed was making a fool of her brother. Old Sam Holt, the sheriff's blind father, comes to find you, and while seated in the study talking with Charlie Chan, pulls from the arm of the chair a light blue fuzz, such as might be left by a blue blanket. The blue blanket Ah Singh had been carrying the night Landini was murdered. Ward's son, Mr. Chan. There's your answer. Here, put this fuzz in an envelope, and we'll compare it with the blue blanket later. But it ain't really necessary. Quite, Mr. Holt. I, I'm afraid it's not at all necessary. That missing son of Dudley Ward was the first thing I thought on when my boy Don told me of the details. You see, I know the ways of these old Chinese with the boys of any family. Year after year, I watched old Singh looking out for Dudley Ward and his brother, a-cooking and a-slaving for him from the cradle to the grave. Then, Mr. Holt, you are fully appreciative of my feelings in this matter. Yes. I I come to Pine View at Mr. Rope Ward's request to help him find his son. I stay to witness, almost, murder of Landini, woman who bore that son. And now I am face to face with stern necessity of arresting a loyal servant, a faithful friend, one my own countryman. I ain't sure that our blames are sing so much. He, he is about his beloved master's son, a son that he should have had the honor and pleasure of raising for Dudley. He hears Landini refuse to tell of his whereabouts. He sees red. Furious, he hates. Hates with a killing hate. Opportunity, and he kills Landini. Yes, Mr. Holt. And even Mr. Ward does not realize what was going on in that old Chinese head. But Ah Singh did not follow his thoughts to their logical conclusion. So often that is way. 
He who diverts irrigation stream to ruin neighbor's watermelon patch oft times forgets that in so doing he deprives himself of water necessary for irrigation of his own watermelon. Sing forgotten. In killing Landini, he did away with only chance of finding that boy he so much wished to raise. And nine-tenths of the murders committed are committed by people who regret it after their smoke has cleared away. Yes, Mr. Chan, it was Singh who come in here and killed Landini, and I would almost have hung myself for a setter. Must admit that I have similar feelings. But you reckon I'm right? I very much fear that you are. Yeah. Uh, one more thing before we send for that boy of mine to, to make the formal arrest. I, uh, I notice a change in his voice. Yes? Yes. He speaks a misbeaten, but he thinks a Leslie. Now, he, he's all I got, Mr. Chan. And, well, he's not accustomed to women folks from the city, and I'd hate to see him hurt. Maybe a word from you would... In this case, Mr. Holt, your fears are groundless. She is lovely in heart as well as in looks. She's been accustomed to sacrifice. She has raised younger brother, and she has... Here they come. I did not hear anything. My ears are my eyes. Yes, come in. Well, we had a grand walk. That's what we both needed. Yes, I didn't realize it, but it is what we needed. Fear of possible reprisals all dissipated, Miss Beaton? No, I, I can't say that. I... Well, after all, it isn't exactly pleasant to have been in the room next to the murder and to feel that you are watched, your personal belongings stolen. Say, what are you two looking so solemn about? You know what I said to you this morning, son? You mean about our thing? <laughs> yeah, but you're all wrong. Uh, just a minute. You know that our Singh appeared right in this room, right after the murder? Of course. And that he had blue blanket for little dog trouble? Sure I do. Well, if I were to tell you I found blue fuzz from that blanket on the arm of this chair here, what would you say? You'd say that the blanket had been in this room before our Singh appeared with it, wouldn't you? I might. Again, I might not. What, uh, what was that you said? I'd say that the blanket might have been brought into the room after the murder. But you and I know that our thing did not lay the blue blanket down on arm of chair when he appeared in room. I sent him away. He still had blanket in his hand. Yeah, but you're both forgetting one thing. When we carried the body, uh, Landini, out of the room, we wrapped her in blankets. Blue blankets they were, too. And it was our thing who fetched them for us. Boy, I ain't never been so proud of you before. Oh, I'm so glad. I I couldn't think of kindly old R. Singh committing such a horrible murder. Mr. Sheriff, I take metaphorical hat off very thick head in admiration for your ability to so thoroughly clear atmosphere. Well, I, I guess, Mr. Chan, that we kind of wandered into the wrong pew. <laughs> Wrong pew, perhaps, Mr. Holt, but maybe correct church. Who can say? I tell you, doctor, I said nothing of the sort. I will not what you call uh, tolerate this. I speak to Inspector Chan. Seems to be some sort of trouble. Ah, Inspector Chan, 
I, uh, uh, Dr. Swan has been accusing me of saying that I saw him at a study. Be so good as to come inside and close the door. Thank you so much. Mr. Romano, Mr. Holt, father of Sheriff, Dr. Swan. It is a pleasure. Glad to know you. Sit down, please. What is nature of disagreement? Dr. Swan is telling me that someone beside Mr. Ryder say he was at a study. I tell him, what about it? He asks me, what about it? Here I am practically accused of this murder because I was last one seen at study. So sorry, Dr. Swan, that you jumped to such hasty conclusions. It is common fault, but particularly bad one in man of medical profession. Suppose you diagnose angina pectoris as acute appendicitis. Pretty serious blunder, no? <laughs> Better that you leave diagnosis of this case to Sheriff and your humble servant. You see, Doctor, other people beside you were seen to leave study. Mr. Romano here. But I never deny that I went to study. I never deny that I speak with Landini. Quite so, Mr. Romano. But you really never did explain why you went there. I tell you before, I go to plead with Landini. I tell her you cannot afford a new husband this time. I tell her you have not the money to keep up payments for settlement you make with me. And does that explain the money missing from Landini's handbag? Indeed it does. I hear aeroplane approach. I know Landini. She rushed to window to see plane. I plead with her. She opened handbag. She throw me the money. She say, take this. I will send more from Reno. That is all. So sorry, Mr. Romano, but it is not quite all. You left Landini alive? But uh, certainly, if I had not, I should have said so. How long after leaving study did you have to wait before hearing shots? I cannot be certain. Time has ceased to move for me. I am a broken-hearted. I still love Landini. She treat me shamefully, throw me off like what you call it, uh, uh, old shoe. But in spite of our faithlessness, I still love her. That voice, that glorious voice. What could young Bittner do with that voice? Nothing, nothing. He's a baby. I land in a stronger hand. Me, I can handle her. I say young Bittner, nothing but a passing fancy. That is all. And you, Dr. Swan, have you made up your mind to tell us that you were in the vicinity of the study few minutes before shot was heard? I was not. I had nothing to go there for. I was ready to leave the house. I did not intend to stay the night. Come in. Mr. Chan, I've been doing some work on the plane. I ought to take her up. I thought if there was anything I could do over in Reno, say, it's not much of a hop in a plane. Not at the moment, Mr. Ireland. But your appearance is most timely. <laughs> well, it is said patience and the ripe melon will fall of itself. You came at precise moment I was about to send for you. Yes? Anything I can do? Mr. Ireland, night of your arrival, night of Landini's murder, people in-house all flocked to meet you when you landed. Your wife, Cecile, Mr. Hugh Beaton, Mr. Wall... No, Mr. Chan, not all of them. Mr. Romano didn't, Miss Beaton didn't, Swan didn't. I should say not. You know what I think of you? And it's no secret what I think of you, Swan. No man can look forward to meeting with chauffeur who loved to his wife behind his back. Oh, is that so? Why, you... If it wasn't for Miss Beaton here, I'd tell you what I think of you, you rotten blackmailer. It's a lie! Oh, no, it isn't. They'll find it out sooner or later. Blackmailing Landini for years. Yes, Mr. Ireland, what for? For what did Dr. Swan blackmail Landini? I don't know, but I know for how much. 
$250 a month. And at last she couldn't pay. She told me. I told her to tell that buzzard to scram. And, and I guess she did. From the looks of what happened to her that night. Blackmail. Somehow the word has a vile flavor. Not too much different from murder. But Inspector Chan, with an eloquent wave of the hand, has dismissed everyone from the study. We'll know more when he has thought more upon this latest development. After you've heard from your sponsor, Inspector Chan will favor us again. Chinese wisdom can you impart to us this evening? I have been pondering Dr. Swan's unforgiving, blackmailing propensities. Blackmail is more than crime, it is also sin. To be entrusted with secrets is to be honored. To, to betray secrets is to blacken hearts with badge of dishonor. But to blackmail is cowardly act to which lowest snake whose belly drags the ground would not descend. Very truly spoken, Inspector Chan. Thank you, and good night. <laughs>